0: at the very end of the age.
1: Matthew chapter 28 is where that uh, sermon bumper came from, and it's really a, a recitation of what uh, Jesus uh, said and how he related to his disciples just before he ascended uh, to heaven. Uh, after his death on the cross and his resurrection. And what we find in that passage is the mission that God has given us. And uh, today we continue this series talking about the mission. And this is the mission that is for First Norfolk on Kempsville. It's the mission for First Norfolk on Volvo, it's the mission for First Norfolk. Uh, wherever we are, throughout the seven cities of Hampton Roads, and even around the world, this is the mission of the church. Uh, last week, we looked at Jesus telling the story uh, about a, 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 a boy, a son, who was rebellious against his father and took his inheritance early, treated his dad with disrespect, and then went to a foreign land. Uh, went to a faraway land and spent all his inheritance um, and, and then came back home, and his dad welcomed him. And that was a picture uh, of how that Jesus uh, was on a mission to uh, embrace even those uh, who were far from God in the way they lived, the way they believed, the way they acted. They didn't come to church. They weren't even welcome in the church But Jesus went to them. Um, Later in Luke chapter 19, Jesus would say, for the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, he said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Now, that's good news for us because all of us are in that lost category or have been. Uh, All of us have been in that lost category. So as we continue this series, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 20. We're going to look at a few verses there while you're turning. Just remind you that we're a church that prays together, okay? And we are a church that commits to pray uh, and different opportunities in our church to pray. Right now, there's a group that's praying. Uh, they're, uh, they, they meet uh, in a room right behind this location, right behind that wall. They meet to pray over uh, what's happening Uh, during the worship gatherings, uh, whether it's at our Kinsville location or our Volvo location, they're together praying right now for God to move with great power. It's a great ministry that we have. And if you have interest in being part of that during worship prayer gathering, uh, you can call my office and we will help uh, uh, get you plugged in to a, uh, a time and an appointment uh, to pray during worship. It's a great opportunity. Uh, but uh, an entry level and uh, uh, opportunity for us to pray together, regardless of, of uh, where you are and your journey or how much time you have, we believe it's important the church to pray. Uh, so we pray, we set aside one minute every day at one o'clock every day and pray for one thing every day. Uh, So I encourage you this week at one o'clock, set aside one minute, and what are we going to pray for? We're going to pray for the camps that are happening at First Norvick, specifically the student camp. They're going to get together around seven-ish tomorrow, and they're going to load buses. They're going to go to Washington College in Chestertown, Maryland, and Student camp is going to begin, and it's going to be a great week. Uh, I'm going to get to go up there and spend some time there. It's going to be a great week. But here's why we're doing camp. We're doing camp, not just so we can have fun together. Although it it is fun, it's a great time. Uh, We're doing camp just not not just so we can get away from uh, our parents. Although my children probably took advantage of that a couple of times. Uh, We're doing camp as a church because it fulfills our mission. What's our mission? To help those who are far from God find life through faith in Christ. That's why we're doing camp. So we have over 200 students and, and, and then another bunch of leaders who are going to student camp. Why? Because we believe it is a great opportunity to help those who are far from God find life through faith in Christ. And that's our mission Um, And then the week after uh, student camp, we have senior adult camp. That's August 5th through the 7th. And and August 5th through the 7th, that's senior adult camp. But it's not just so our senior adults can get together and make wooden objects or uh, learn more about retirement. Uh, Senior adult camp is a waste of time unless it fulfills the purpose of communicating that those who are far from God can find life through faith in Christ, okay? So uh, the reason we're doing senior adult camp, not just so our seniors can have something to do. They've got plenty to do, and they do a great job doing those things. But we do senior adult camp so that our seniors can invite their neighbors and friends who are far from God into that moment and hear the good news of Christ's love and perhaps be rescued by God's grace. So we're going to pray uh, for student camp, senior adult camp, and then the week after senior adult camp, we have children's camp. That's grades three through six, and it's going to be a great time, but we're going to get together at children's camp. You know what our purpose is going to be? To help those who are far from God find life through faith in Christ. To help those who already know Christ, help them grow in their relationship with God, but to help those who are far from God find life in Christ. This is what we do. It's our mission, okay? Now, why is it our mission? It's our mission because that's what Jesus gave us to do. Now, you're here today, and maybe you think, well, I don't know what my purpose is in life. I I don't know. I need, I don't know why I'm here. I'm about to answer it for you. I really am. And guys, if we would just embrace this and own this the way Jesus owned it, it will literally change your life. It will satisfy your life. So in John chapter 20, here's the backdrop. John chapter 20, Jesus, uh, in John 19, Jesus is killed on a cross to pay the price for sin. Your sin and my sin. He took our place. It is through his punishment that he received. Even though he never did anything wrong, Jesus died on a cross for sinners. Christ, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, Christ suffered once a corner uh, 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 on account of sin, the just for the unjust so that he might bring us to God. So here's what Jesus did. Jesus saw Eric Thomas. He looked through the quarter of time, saw Eric Thomas, a sinner. And there's no way that Eric can fix the sin problem in his life, or you can fix the sin problem in your life. So Jesus came and he died, took the punishment I deserved. The penalty, the wage of sin is death. But Jesus took that on himself when he died on a cross for sinners. And so he died on a cross to bring forgiveness to sinners like you and me, but he was raised from the dead. That's, Revelation, uh, that's John chapter 20. Jesus is resurrected from the dead so that we can have a new life and a new way of life and have eternal life. I mean, this is great. All right, so this is what Jesus accomplished. All right, now he's he is before he goes and ascends to the right hand of the Father. John 21 he goes fishing and has a, a lakeside uh, a, a fish cookout, but we're not talking about that one. I just thought I'd throw that one in. And John 20, uh, let's look at verse 19. Uh, John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. Uh, where the disciples were assembled because they were afraid of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I know that we have a lot of things. To get. Con- to This isn't a sermon. This is kind of a freebie, okay? You and I, we have a lot of things to get ramped up about and get anxious about and be uh, all filled with uh, worry and fear we have chaos that runs rampant rampant in our life we've got a, a culture that is crazy and and all these things are happening but friends i've got to tell you as a follower of jesus christ there is no excuse for followers of jesus christ not to live in joy We have a reason to be glad. Now, I'm not saying we need to uh, be happy, happy, happy all the time. You hang out with me on a Monday, Monday, Monday. You know I'm not a happy, happy, happy person all the time. I'm not talking about that. I am talking, though, about in our life, we have a reason to be glad, even in the face of a Monday. Even even a Manic Monday, I can find, and that's a song reference if you all want to figure that one out, even on a Manic Monday, I can find joy when my focus is Jesus, not my wearies, worries, not my fears, not my tiredness, not my uh, all the other things that run rampant in my life. If I will set my focus on Jesus and see that he died for me on a cross so that I could be forgiven, and he was raised from the dead to give me new life, give me a new way of life, and to give me eternal life, then even in the face of Monday morning, I can have some joy. Okay? So that was a mini-sermon, and that was free. Okay. So that's, that's a different talk. But please understand, I know, I know it's hard sometimes. I do. I realize it. It's hard for me sometimes. But if we would, Colossians 3, if we've been raised with Christ, then let's set our mind on him. Because he, Jesus, is our life. Let's just set our focus on him. And I know it can be hard. I mean, when you have your boss just screaming at you and it's, it's, it, it's worrisome, or you've got uh, homework at school and you, you're under the gun, or you've got bills to pay, you don't know how you're going to pay them. All those things can just ramp up in our life. But friends, just take a time out. And set your focus on Jesus. Look to him, and you will be glad. Okay? That's not the sermon. I've already said that. But that, that's a pretty good sermon. I could preach on that one for a little bit. All right, so, so uh, he showed them his hands aside. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And then Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And that's where we're going to camp out today. We're talking about the mission, the mission of our life, the mission of our church. You want to know why you're here? Jesus just said it. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Jesus sends us to fulfill his mission on the earth. That is why you're here. That is why I'm here. That's why this church is here. To fulfill his mission in the world. And aren't you glad? I mean, let's just be honest. Aren't you glad? I'm glad because because I'm a recipient of someone, some church, somewhere, fulfilling the mission of Jesus and helping me when I was far from God, find life in Christ. Aren't you glad if indeed you're a follower of Jesus? If you're not, I'm going to talk to you in a second. But, but if you're a follower of Jesus, aren't you glad that the purpose of us being here isn't to sit in our holy huddles and be sanctified together and tell the rest of the world they can go straight to hell, but rather our mission, our purpose as followers of Jesus and as the church is to help those who are far from God find life. You've heard the the nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Let me say it again. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. we will say it one more time. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And you and I are Humpty Dumpty. See, we're Humpty Dumpty. We've had a great fall that has shattered us, where we're living in the shards of a shattered life. And no matter what we've tried to do to give meaning and purpose and satisfaction and wholeness in life, we come up short. All the king's horses and all the king's men, all our best efforts, all our religious pursuits, all our moral achievements, all our success in business, all our good grades in school, all the next rank we get. uh, Whatever it is, it will not put our life back together. Why? Because we are shattered by our sin. Not by circumstance, but by our sin. Our sin has shattered us so that we're living in the broken pieces of a life that we long to know but we cannot reach. Every person, and get this, every person who is separated from God by sin is living in hopeless despair. And it doesn't matter your belief system, and it doesn't matter your your ideologies, and it doesn't matter your moral code of conduct, and it doesn't matter your ethnic background, and it doesn't matter your political affiliations. Every single person in the world and in the universe of worlds who is living separated from God by sin is living in hopeless despair. That's me. That's who I was. That's Humpty Dumpty. That's you. That's who you were. That's Humpty Dumpty. Those are your friends. Broken, shattered, longing to have satisfaction and hope. But everything that they're trying to give meaning to their life, everything that we've tried to put the pieces of our life together comes up short. And we're still broken. And so we live in the rubble of broken pieces in a life that doesn't make sense, and we long to have some answer. And that's what Jesus was sent to do. Jesus said, as the Father sends me, I also send you. God sent Jesus on a mission to take the broken pieces of our life and put them together and make us whole. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, and I'm the lost, and you're the lost. Every Humpty Dumpty is the lost, and we're all Humpty Dumpties, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. All of us have sinned, and all of us are shattered, and we are desperate for rescue. And Jesus came on a mission of rescue to show us the glory of God and the goodness of God and the majesty of God and the mercy of God and the holiness of God. And Jesus Jesus came to show us who God is, but then he also came to bring us to God. Not just reveal who God is, but to reconcile us to God. You were Humpty Dumpty and you weren't put together because you were a good Baptist. God help us all. You were Humpty Dumpty and you weren't put together because you were a good moral American. God help us all. You were humpty-dumpty. I was humpty-dumpty, and the only hope I had to be made whole was Jesus dying on a cross for my sin and being raised from the dead to give me new life. So that through believing in him, I become, 2 Corinthians 5, a new creation. Old things passed away. All things become new. And all these things, all these new things that Jesus was on a mission to give through his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, all these new things are from God who has reconciled Eric Thomas and every other Humpty Dumpty who believes on Jesus, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Guys, listen. What we desperately need, what your neighbors desperately need, what your friends desperately need, your co-workers, your classmates, you know what they need? They need an escape from a humpty-dumpty life. And the only way they're going to get that escape, that rescue, is through Jesus. And God knew it. That's why he sent Jesus. And Jesus left the throne room of heaven fully God to become a baby in a manger, To live his life in perfection with a heart that beat every moment for the pleasure of his father. Every day, every moment that Jesus lived, he was thinking, how can I make God smile? What does God want me to do? I'm going to do it. He was pursuing. He wasn't running away from obedience. He was pursuing obedience. Every step he took. Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work you've given me to do. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus was on a mission with a heart that beat for God's pleasure. Jesus was on a mission to share love with sinners. To show us God's great Love to show us that God has a love for us, even though we don't deserve it, or we might think we deserve it, we still don't deserve it. Jesus came to show God's love for sinners, for saints, and for sinners who think they're saints. And Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for us, and how did He do it? By dying on a cross for sinners. He said, I'm going to give my life for you guys that don't deserve it. Every Humpty Dumpty, the way you're going to be made whole is if I die for your sin. As the Father sent me, I now send you. Jesus came on a mission with a heart that beat for God's pleasure. He came on a mission of rescue with a heart that beat with love for you and me. That demanded sacrifice. So as the Father sends me, I also send you, Jesus said. Guess what? I said, one plus one equals two. Here's the way it works. You know what your purpose is? Have a heart that beats for God's pleasure and a heart that beats with love for others so that you can point people to Jesus who can make them whole. That's your job. If you're a follower of Jesus, your job is to go to every Humpty Dumpty you know And help them hear the good news of how they can be made whole. That means the person that you work with that despises everything that has anything to do with organized religion, Jesus, God, and everything else. Your job is to go to that person and begin to build a bridge so that they can see, yeah, you know what? There's a way for me to be made whole. There's a way for me to have life, but it's through Jesus. You realize, look, God puts you in the neighborhood that you're in. God puts you on the ship that you're in. God puts you in the job that you're in. God puts you in the school that you're in. God puts you in the the grocery store you're in. God puts you on the street that you live on and and the uh, uh, cul-de-sac in which you live. God puts you there so that you can fulfill Christ's mission in the world. The question is, will we be obedient to do it? Does your heart beat with obedience to God? Does your heart beat for God's pleasure? Do you live each moment to make God smile? Listen, this is the mandate for us. This isn't optional. By the way, do you realize, hey, I know, well, you know, preacher, you're a mission person and this is all, you know, that's, you're passionate about this and that's good for you, but that's really not my gift. We're not talking about gift now. We're not talking about how you're gifted. Some of you are gifted with gab, some of you are not. We're not talking about gift mix. We're talking about what it means to be obedient to God as a follower of Jesus. And make it, just keep it real simple. When I was a kid, um, we used to play marbles in the at recess, and we'd have all these you know have big marbles and steely marbles and cat eye marbles. And cat eye was a you know they were cheap ones, and, and and so we'd play marbles. And there came a day down at the Five and Dime in Williamsburg, Kentucky, uh, which was downtown, where uh, they had a sale on marbles. And since that was a big thing at recess and I was in the third grade, everybody wanted to get that. So, so my buddy um, came and he said, you know, hey, I went, I went down to the Five and Dime and they have this sale on marbles and I wanted you to know about it. You know what I did as soon as school was out. I got on my uh, banana seat bicycle, and I drove straight downtown to the five and dime, and I took any change. I didn't I didn't have dessert that day. Well, all right, I didn't have the corn dog, but I did have dessert. But I, 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 I skipped something, so I had a little bit of money in my pocket, and I went up there, and I plopped my money down, and I got me some marbles. Why? Because that's what my buddy shared. He said, I got these marbles, and you can get these marbles, too. I mean, I was third grade and I got it. And You know what I did? I went home and I told my brother, I got marbles and you didn't. And he said, where did you get the marbles? And I said, I'm not telling you. What a mean little boy I was. Can, Can I tell you something? Some of y'all are a lot meaner when you withhold the treasure of life from those who are broken. I mean, I'm that way, right? I get so captured in my own way of of doing things, in my own crowd, in my own crew, in my my own group of people, and I get so consumed with them that I forget my purpose is to help a bunch of Humpty Dumpties just like me be made whole through Christ. So how do we do it? What do we need to do? We need to make a commitment. Right now, just write down the name of that person, that Humpty Dumpty that you know, this is the guy, this is the gal, this is the person this week. I'm gonna do something about it. I'm not gonna sit and think about it anymore. I'm not gonna sit and try to drum up courage. He's already given me the Holy Spirit that gives me all that I need to do what I need to do. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sends me, he's equipped me. I just need to have a heart that beats for God's pleasure and a heart that beats with love for that Humpty Dumpty no matter how they're going to respond. And I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm actually going to do something. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to sing about it. I'm not going to write a devotion about it. I'm actually going to do something. I'm going to begin to live in the purpose that God has given me. I'm going to walk across the cul-de-sac and I'm going to walk across the street. I'm going to walk across the office and I'm going to walk across the classroom And I'm going to begin to live this mission. I'm Humpty Dumpty who's been made whole. And I see a Humpty Dumpty that's still shattered. I want to help them. I'm not going to withhold the marbles. I'm going to open my hand and pass them around. Aren't you going to do that? Wouldn't you make that commitment? So how do we do it? So what do we need to do? All right, I'm going to give you three things, just three quick things. All right, the first is you got to show and tell what Jesus has done for you. I mean, just show and tell. I mean, again, this is kindergarten, right? We had show and tell. I, I had a butterfly collection when I was in fifth grade, maybe later. I had a butterfly collection. And I took it to school one day, and I showed people my butterfly collection because I wanted them to know that I was scientific. You know what I'm talking about? We all have those moments, right? Show and tell. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses for me from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what that means? Being a witness. Now, this is who we are. If we're Humpty Dumpty who's been made whole by Jesus, then immediately we've been been ascribed into this mission of being a witness. And what does a witness do? He shows and tells what Jesus has done for him. You don't have to have a lot of theological distinction. You don't even have to understand all philosophies. All you have to do is say, look, I get it that you have all these objections to Jesus, but can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? Please let me tell you how good he's been to me. And I know you might not buy it, and I know know you might not agree with it, but can I tell you, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I live. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? I once was a shattered Humpty Dumpty living in the shards of my sin it's created, but now I'm made whole. I'm alive. This is who I am. And it can happen to you too. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses. Will you make a commitment to walk across the room, walk across the hall, walk across the office? Well Will you make a commitment to walk across the cul-de-sac and just say, hey, listen, I, I know we've had discussions about this, about that, about the other thing. I'm a witness for my football team. I'm a witness for my, for my favorite sport. I'm a witness for my own misery. We talk more about misery than we do about what Jesus has done for us. God, help us. No wonder we're missing our purpose in life as followers of Jesus. We need to tell people, oh, can I just share with you what Jesus has done for me? And I know you're scared. People are going to think, oh, that's a Jesus freak. I know you're going to, I know, I get it. Dude, I'm a preacher. Of course I get it. But this is our purpose. I used to be a Humpty Dumpty shattered in the shards of my own sin, but today I'm made whole and I got to tell somebody else what Jesus has done for me. So show and tell what Jesus has done. Second, you got to share the good news. See, people are living with all the bad news. How much bad news is on the news today? I mean, everything. You turn I mean, there's a dumpster fire going on everywhere. There's bad news here, bad news there. Even good news turns to bad news. And we've got a message that can change a life. The good news. God loves you. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you. Yeah, God loves you. But we've got a problem, and our problem is sin. God loves you. God wants to have family with you. God wants to be in relationship with you. But we've got a problem, it's sin, and sin has separated us from God. And it doesn't matter how much we try to make up for the sin in our life, it still comes up short. I mean, sharing the good news, you need to tell them, hey, listen, my preacher who who is all about, I mean, he's professional in this doing Jesus stuff, and he was saying the other day how that, that no matter how much he prayed or read his Bible or went to church, and he does that all the time, no matter how much he did, it still wasn't enough to make up for the sin that he had done. We have a problem and it's called sin, and sin separates us from God, and it's a distance we cannot cross. God loves us. He wants to have friendship with us, but we've got a problem. It's sin, and so God sent us a solution, his name is Jesus, and it's the only solution. There's no other way. There's no other way for us to get rid of our sin problem and have friendship with God. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is God who became a man who who lived his life perfectly without blemish or fault, but he went to a cross to die for me, to take the punishment my sin deserved, to die for me. Jesus died in my place for my sin to bring forgiveness. Don't you want to be forgiven? Don't you want to have that sweet taste of forgiveness flowing through your soul? We all want to be forgiven. And Jesus' death on the cross provides the forgiveness we long to have. But not only that, but he was raised from the dead so that we could have new life, a new beginning, so that we could have a new way of life, so that we could have eternal life. Today, this week, will you commit to these two things? Show and tell. I Make a commitment. This week, I need to tell Bill. Bill is that Humpty Dumpty that God's put on your heart. I need to tell Bill what Jesus has done for me. Will you make that commitment? This week, make the commitment. This week, or this month, maybe not even this week, but this month, this month, I'm going to share the good news with Bill. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, but live in the purpose that God has given us. Now's the time. Oh, the change that could be wrought in our church, in our communities, in our world. If we would rise up and live the mission that God has given us. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you you bow your heads with me, please? Father, in these moments, as we hear from you and as we respond to your call, I pray that you would speak clearly to each one of us, every person gathered, whichever campus location we're on, I pray that you would speak with clarity to every person. Father, I pray for those who are still... Um, and that shattered existence, separated from you by sin, I pray, God, that you would speak to them right now. And that you, by your Spirit, would begin to draw them to yourself. And they would, they would, that they would say yes to Jesus today. That they would receive the new life that you offer. And I pray for others in this room, perhaps most of us in in this room, that we who once were Humpty Dumpties sitting in the shards of a shattered life because of our sin have been made whole through Jesus. I pray that you would, by your Spirit, convict us. I mean, convict us that we would show and tell what Jesus has done for us and that we would share the good news with that person, that Humpty Dumpty you put in our life. Now I pray, oh God, in these moments as we respond to you, I pray that you would speak and that you would give us the courage to say yes to whatever you're calling us to do. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. These next few moments as we respond, and this is a time for all of us to respond, the first response that I just want to invite you to you're here today and you see yourself as the Humpty Dumpty, shattered life because of your sin. You're separated from God and you're desperate to have a friendship with him. But you, you, you've been trying to be religious or moral or whatever to make yourself right in the sight of God. And it doesn't work. And so today, today, God has just opened your eyes to see here's what needs to happen. You need to look to Jesus. He is, your, he, he is the one who makes you whole. You need to turn from your sin. That's repentance. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to trust in Jesus. That's faith. You've got to believe that his death on the cross was payment for your sin. And his resurrection from the dead gives you a new way of life and a new life and eternal life. Will you today, if you're that person, that Humpty Dumpty, will you today embrace Christ through faith and repentance? Will you come to Christ if that's who you are and you feel that yearning in your heart, that's God speaking and, and, and drawing you to himself. If that's who you are, I invite you in a few moments when we stand to sing, you come to one of the pastors here at the front, one of the ministers, and, and you just tell them, I need to be made whole. We'll help you with that. And the second appeal, if you're a follower of Jesus... My invitation is for you to just start living the mission that God has given us. Jesus has called us not to sit on the sidelines, not to sit and just do life our way or do life for ourselves. He's called us to be on mission. Jesus said, As the Father sends me, I also send you. So would you make a commitment today? Along with all of us, would you join us in making a commitment? This week, I'm going to show and tell. This week, I'm going to share. This month I'm going to share. Just make a commitment with that one person, that one person in your life. Will you make a commitment? Maybe you need to come to this altar and you need to say, Oh, Lord God, I give myself to you to be on mission for you this week. I will, I will help others see who Jesus is and hear the good news that will change their life. Uh, we're going to stand and sing and this song talks about us being sons and daughters of the King. It's a beautiful way for us to be reminded that we're not here as independent, autonomous individuals that have no, no accountability or responsibility or community, but rather we are the people of God. We are sons and daughters of the King, but He is the King and we are responsible to Him. So as we sing This song of worship and praise, I invite you to take it to heart, to come to the altar. Make the commitment to come and choose Christ. But don't be passive. Let's live in the purpose that God has given us. Let's stand together. Let's sing this song of worship. Ministers are waiting. Altar is open. You come as God leads.
0: Before he spoke creation, the God of heaven knew our names. And formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display. And his heart is good, he is always good. He proved, He is on. All-